National African American Gun Association was originally started with the idea that African Americans basically needed to reclaim their heritage of firearms. Like my dad had a firearm when he was five. They would go out and shoot birds and, and hunt and, and all these other things. And that wasn't strange. Right. That was a culture that we had and that we still do in some ways. But it's, it's a hidden culture for us. Hello, my name is Matt Deemer former congressional candidate for Ohio's 7th District. And this is Cuyahoga Today, brought to you by the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party, where we bring you Democratic Party updates, political and informational conversations, everything that is happening in Cuyahoga today. Also, if you could, do us a favor. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please click the five-star rating and leave us a nice comment. It helps people find this show and give them confidence when they click on it. If you're on any other app, like Spotify, There are also places where you can leave five-star ratings as well. If you have any questions or comments for me or the guests, you can reach out to mdiemer at kydem.com. That's mdiemer at cuidem.com. And here are this week's news updates. On Tuesday, August 22nd at 6.30 p.m., Bedford and Juan Hill's Democratic Party is meeting and having a potluck dinner. On Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., August 23rd, Ward 12 Democratic Club is meeting. Saturday, at 10 a.m., August 26, there's a Central and Executive Committee precinct workshop down at the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party headquarters at 3615 Superior Avenue. Again, that's at 10 a.m. On Sunday, August 27th, at noon, walk with the North Olmsted Democratic Club in the North Olmsted Home Days Parade. And after, at 1 p.m., head over to the 60th Annual Family Picnic for the Parma Democratic Party. On Monday, August 28th at 7 p.m., Bay Village Democratic Club is meeting. And then on Tuesday, August 29th at 6 p.m., make sure you're heading over to the West Shore Democratic Summer Party. And finally, at 5.30 p.m. on Tuesday, August 29th, Congresswoman Marcy Kaptur is having a fundraiser. Join her at Tartine Bistro at 19110 Old Detroit Road in Rocky River. Now, without further ado, a conversation with Kevin Jones, who is the former director of the National African-American Gun Association. Interesting conversation about Democrats, gun rights, Second Amendment, heritage, and common sense gun laws. Enjoy. Kevin Jones, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Excellent, excellent. You are the Ohio director for the National African American Gun Association, or I'm sorry, you were I the director. I was the Ohio director. And yes. um, before we even get into talking about all of that, um, gun rights, Second Amendment, Ohio, gun violence, mm-hmm. um, we both went to Heskett Middle School. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Heskett Middle School with the Hornets. <laughs> That's when it was still blue and gold. Yeah, but it's not the Hornets anymore, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's now. They're all now bear, Bearcats. They're all the Bearcats. Yeah, and yeah. what is, what is it now? The colors? Um, it's now green and is it green, gray, and black or something? Is it green, like gray, that? and black? Yeah, because it used to be Bearcats used to be just green and white, but I think right. now it's like that gray and black. Because every time I look and I see different, you know, the different is, stuff. Is, is the school the same? I haven't been in there for probably three decades. The last time I was in there was probably maybe about four years ago. And it looks basically the same. Almost everything's basically such, the same. It's such an interesting you know? design. The big glass yeah. windows, two yeah. cafeterias, if I remember. <laughs> yeah. And like this whole like middle courtyard thing. And mm-hmm. it's Yeah, it was two cafeterias, one on one side and a middle courtyard that nobody used. Right. You just looked at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they never opened it up. Yeah. Yeah. I, somebody told me it used to be opened up. 
and then after that, it just kind of, um, I think they had problems at one point, and they just decided to close it back up. Again. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, so real, real quick, let's just get into it. In, introduce yourself. I just learned that you were um, a technician in the army. You did a couple years there, yeah. and was, yeah, let me let me know a little bit about yourself, sir. I don't know. I mean, I'm a veteran. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, that's part of what my identity is, of mm-hmm. course. Um, you know, I currently still work as an auxiliary police officer for the City of Bedford Heights. Okay. I bought my parents' house, so I still live in Bedford Heights now. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm. You know, that's that, that's where I'm at. Um, I recently became a motorcycle rider. Uh, <laughs> hey, me too. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you do the like the the basic riding course and everything? We and... did the basic riding course with Harley Davidson. Okay. And that was kind of fun. I passed. My wife didn't. Don't don't put that out there. No, I'm just kidding. I She's not gonna care. Uh, but <laughs> she wrote wrote a lot less than I did, and I was like out every single day, right? Just riding. So yeah, so it was it it, it was fun. Um, and so now I'm now I'm just riding and having a good time. So you I got Harley down here. If I yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I got an electric glad ultra. Okay, ultra. Okay, oh, you, it's a big boy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I would have rode down here if it didn't rain. <laughs> I, I I usually ride down here by, myself, but I, I got a Honda, and no way no way fault me for that. But okay, I, I, I also did it with my, with my uh, girlfriend as well. The the course she, we mm. both passed. Okay. Um, That's and we cool. compromised on the Honda because she's like she's she's small. She's yeah. a small person. She's yeah. 110 pounds. So we compromised on a on a bike that we both can use until mm. we decide, hey, who's gonna ride and who's not gonna ride? Because we didn't want to throw you know yeah. 40 grand on two bikes or something. Yeah. Like that. And, and it's it's it can be expensive. It can I have be. an older bike. She's got the new bike. Okay. <laughs> she's got the new Sportster. I've got no Oh, she got the Sportster? Yeah. She's yeah, not she riding? You guys want to sell it? <laughs> no, she's riding now because <laughs> she is dead set on passing the next class because they have one in August. So she's... So we've been getting out, and I and I make her. I'm like, I'm like, I'll pull the bike out if you'll just go out here and just ride. Okay. And so but she's, she's doing good. She was out yesterday, and our son watches her uh, and, and, and tries to race her on the bike. So going... <laughs> I love that. I I love that. Okay, you said something in there that was really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. You said a vet, being a vet, is part of my identity. Can you explain what you mean by that? Uh, It's 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 a different group of people, different fraternity. uh, Different how how so? uh, It's it's a different group of people in what you go through. Okay. uh, In life, it changes an an aspect in life. Most people, actually, in most cases, never actually leave their home area. Mm -hmm. They generally stay within the same city, within the same 20 mile radius. They really don't leave, even though you would think it would be a, uh, uh, you know, nowadays people could just leave and go anywhere. People right. just don't. Um, you know, when you're in the military, you're instantaneously whisked away to some god awful uh, <laughs> desert of a of an area. For me, it was uh, South Carolina, you okay. know, Fort Jackson, okay. uh, and my dad who was also there, uh, you know. Oh, um, you, you, were, you were stationed where your dad was? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Who, no, who was yeah, a higher he, rank? He was, no, no, he was there before me, many years before me. That was, that's where Oh, he but it wasn't the same time? No, no, no. Oh, okay, He okay. started and ended in, in Fort Jackson, and I started and ended in Fort Jackson. Okay, I was going to say, if you guys were both there and you had a higher <laughs> rank than your dad, no. that would have been, been a little awkward, <laughs> right? Not especially with my dad, believe me. <laughs> he was a tough cat. Uh, but no, it is. It's a part of my identity. It's, it's, it's people... Um, you know that 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 whether they whether they're in warfare or not, they deal with stress on a, on a daily basis. They know a different way of working than a normal basis. Um, you know everything is about the mission and, and completing it. Mm-hmm. And so, 
um, it's different than your normal person out here in most cases. Uh, it just it, it just is. And when you meet somebody that's generally somebody that's former military, whether or not they're your branch or not, they have an understanding that other people just don't. Right. So, um, you know, I think when I went and I first went for my first job and uh, after the military <clears throat> and a guy was like, and a guy was like, he was like, uh, he was like, I'm going to hire you uh, because you're military. And I said, looking at my papers, I'm like, did I put on there that I was military? Maybe I did. They, you, they know. Maybe I did. He just knew. Yeah, they just know, huh? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, 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 a different, it's a different mindset, different world. Yeah, a lot of people always mistake me for uh, military. They always think mm-hmm. that I went to the military. Not only have I traveled quite a bit, but the way I, mm-hmm. I, they say the way I carry myself. Yeah. They say I'm, I'm military. I just had strict parents. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, yeah, I can understand that. I can understand that. Having strict parents could be that too. But it could be a little you know, it depends on it depends on everybody is everybody has a different thing in the military. But we all go on what we went through to get there because mm-hmm. no matter what, it's a tough process to go through. Right. Because they're trying and they're literally trying to change you right. from the daily everyday citizen into a soldier, an airman, you know, you know, right. uh, or or what have you. Uh, and if you if you have that quick gene in you, they want you out. Yeah, yeah. Well, they don't have time. Right. <laughs> they really don't. Right. I mean, even if you have, uh, even if even if, and I always laugh. I say, I say, I could be the biggest slacker on the face of the planet if I want to. I said, but I was at least smart enough to get the job done first. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, you know that, and that's just. That's what it is. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. You are also a Democrat. Uh, yes. yes. So what what does being a Democrat mean? You said vet, a vet identity. And do me yeah. a favor. Just just try to uh, connect all of those pieces together. Being mm-hmm. a vet, motorcycle rider, mm-hmm. Democrat. What's the theme, the thread through it that, that connects all those? I think at that time, when I first knew, when I first thought about being a Democrat, it was probably when I was really young, but I was probably in elementary school. But it was about basically given given two sides of the argument. Mm-hmm. And each almost each and every time I was choosing the Democratic side of the argument. Okay. Um, and it wasn't necessarily all the time. Right. You know, and right. it wasn't always uh, uh, a highly detailed decision because you're basing it on a on a general on a generalized basis because uh, out of any group whether it's Republicans, Democrats or not, you have liberal from the spectrum to conservative right. within that group. Right. So, you know, so we don't all agree on every single thing, uh, but we do, uh, you know, have an understanding of what we think is correct, uh, whether we think it's, uh, whether we believe in, let's say, okay, just to jump to the worst topic that sometimes I think that people you know get get a little little afraid over is is the idea of somebody having gender identity. Mm-hmm. Um, you whether you believe in it or not really has really is not really the issue. Of mm-hmm. gender that it really is about whether you can accept a person or not. Right. <laughs> whether you think that they should have uh, you know the rights taken away or. You know the rights given to the them rights or, given to them, or, or at least given. respected. Respected, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's and and that's where it really falls into. I I, I totally understand that. That's more of, that's kind of a libertarian kind of. Uh, it's like just respect somebody in their decisions as long mm-hmm. as it's not hurting me. Um, why am I trying to dictate what you're doing with you yeah. with you? You know. Yeah. So, did the military influence your perception to the Second Amendment and firearms, or is that something that you grew up with? 
I think that my perspective changed over time. I think that it evolved. Okay, so do me a favor. What is your pers- what was your perspective, and what is your perspective? Okay, when I was young, um, I didn't find anything wrong with the idea of guns. I didn't have the full perspective that I have now. So I didn't. So I didn't know. Hey, you know, not everybody's a bad guy that has that has a firearm. Um, you know, for me, it was almost like cops and robbers. Those were the only people that had them, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And then when I joined the military, it was the whole different, whole different realm, whole different place. Right. Uh, so that was a a change in how I in how I saw things. Uh, and then being involved, being around a lot of people. I mean, just even just with the sixty guys that I went through basic training with. Um, you know, you had a multitude of folks, whether it was Democrats, whether it was Republicans, whether it was Baptists, whether it was Mormons, uh, you know, Jewish, uh, you know, just different perspectives, right. uh, you know, people from different countries. Uh, we had one guy from Somalia at the time, uh, you know, another person from that lived in Guam, you know, in, in other places. So uh, those perspectives and seeing that because you don't have that. Right. Because you're just in one place, right, and you're right. living in your life, in your life sphere, and once you start to open that, you start to see other things. At mm-hmm. least, as long as you, you know, have an open mind. And, and so, and so, what is that? How did that inform your ideas of, or influence your idea of the Second Amendment, of gun ownership, and? Eventually, I eventually I looked at it as, and especially as I started to really look at the facts, um, the cold, real cold hard facts, not just the facts that were um that people just kind of uh say that they're facts and they're not really facts those, those, <laughs> they're, yeah they're those spread, are not facts those they're, are <laughs> they're spread wives tales if, if that's you know if they're spread wives tales if that's not really you know i know that's not necessarily a a, a great saying but it is what it is it, right, it, right, it's, right. uh it, it, it's not always true mm-hmm. it's just what somebody heard from the next guy okay and so you know things changed over time and i saw it as you have every right to defend yourself. Right. And it's the same thing as when it, it being in the military and, you know, you know, you know, you know, people and some people are against the military. Some people are against the idea that we have armed people that do these things that necessarily they may not have had a say so in. Right. And so but, you know, for me, I see it as you have every right to defend yourself as a person um, and not only to defend yourself, but your family, your friends. And someone that is being accosted, and they should have the right to defend themselves. So you should have that right to do so. What is, what is the National African American Gun Association? National African American Gun Association was originally started uh, for the uh, with the idea that African Americans basically needed to reclaim uh, their heritage of firearms. Uh, their you know because like my dad had a you know firearm when he was five mm-hmm. <laughs> you know they would go out and shoot birds and and hunt and and all these other things and that wasn't strange right you know um he probably didn't didn't uh stop shooting until maybe i was born that would have been uh what 40 years later mm-hmm. so <laughs> you know so that wasn't you know so so that like i said that was a culture that we had and that we still do in some ways um, and so, but it's, it's a hidden culture for us. Um, and so that's a, and that's been an issue over the years because when I grew up, um, I knew about white hunters, <laughs> mm, mm. um, you know, but then when I started going down South, 
and you started listening to these other people and they're like, well, yeah, we hunt too. That's, that's not a strange thing. Mm. Um, you know, and then I moved out to Bedford Heights and, you know, I had, you know, I had a, a, a neighbor that hunted for, for since, you know, the sixties mm-hmm. and, you know, taught me how to hunt eventually, you know? And so that wasn't, you know, that was a culture that we had, you know, in the, in the gun culture per se, as far as sportsmanship, uh, as far as being able to defend yourself, uh, and even and even that military aspect is tied to a lot of that because a lot of folks that do shoot uh, do come from military background because in most cases your uh, competition shooting comes from military. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, in most cases, it's always been pushed that way so that they can so that the, so that the government can have people to choose from. Mm-hmm. They have mm-hmm. a military right. shooting background. And, I, and there are multiple programs that actually still exist through Congress that even though they don't speak about it a lot of times, it actually still exists in order to basically keep a populace that's trained in order to shoot. And just in case of, 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 uh, of, of uh, invasion. And right. that's, that was really what it was there for. <laughs> so, so why do you think that this culture or the idea and perception mm-hmm. of um, – African-Americans just hunting and shooting. What, how do you think that, that idea shifted or got taken away? The idea shifted in, in, in many ways due to racism, uh, the culture that uh, changed how we were seen, how we were perceived, and then also later on uh, the drug epidemic mm-hmm. changed a lot of that with gang shootings and other things. Uh, and it was very easy, and I think in many ways, to blame uh, firearms rather than the culture change. Mm. Uh, explain because, explain the culture change and explain the firearm like that whole juxtaposition that you yeah. just mentioned. The culture change is hard to is is hard is hard for people to wrap their mind around because it because here's the thing. We go from my father's era where, you know, you yeah, you fight if you fight, you fight with your fists. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and most when people got a little older, yeah, you, you know, there were some people with some knives or something like that or right. what have you. But Generally, firearms were not brought to bear right. in that situation. Right. Okay. Then the culture changed to a culture where, yeah, shooting was what seemed to be acceptable. Right. Uh, you know, and that and that became more and more prevalent as time went 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 about. Well, if that's the case, and we're changing how uh, we deal with people, and that not only that, but that we go from uh, argument to violence with a quickness and be acceptable, how do we change that? Mm-hmm. And so we know that there are ways, but they're, they're very complicated. Right, they right. take money, they take time. Uh, and some, some things you can't change until you change children. Right. And so it's hard to figure out what to blame. So we find the things that we think are quick and easy or that at the very least move the mindset away. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, it's not always correct. When you, when you said, and I have to clarify this because, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's watching and I don't mm-hmm. want it to be, you know, um, <laughs> kind of like in the ether. Yes. Uh, when you said change how we deal with people, are you yes. talking about black people or the culture now in general? We as people in general, we okay. as human beings. Now, black culture in itself, when we talked about, when we were talking about black culture, about how we deal with guns, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. But you got to understand that a lot of that was happening in the inner city. Mm-hmm. And even though whites were having some of the similar things, mm-hmm. it was very, you know, it was very more 
oh, this is what's happening in the black community. Mm. And because I can tell you right now, when I grew up, some of the worst cats I knew were Caucasians as far as some of that stuff. I didn't see as much of the blacks doing that. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, but but like I said, it was very prevalent on TV. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. And, you know, and I and, and and like I said, don't get me wrong, we're, you know, you know, people are trying to make change in order to uh, you know, fix issues within their own within their own uh neighborhoods. And, you know, and again, we were pushed to a lot of this stuff. There are, I mean, you know, we, you know, we don't have to go into every detail of, of, course, of, of, course. of why, uh, of why, why minorities ended up in the ghetto, or why we, or why our side of town ended up looking worse than others, because uh, we know there's reasons why. Right. Um, that's proven. But, uh, but, but how do you change it, and how do you change the culture um, later on? That's a that's a hard that's a hard look. And it takes time. The, the, the first time that I realized the um, power of media mm -hmm. and the perception is, uh, so I lived in China for, I lived in mainland China for 13 years and Taiwan mm -hmm. for two and in Hong Kong, Singapore. In Singapore. Mm -hmm. And when I got to Beijing, um, I would tell people I'm American and mm -hmm. a lot of other people would say they're American. Mm -hmm. And their perception of an American was a blonde hair, blue eye person. Mm -hmm. And they got that from the advertisements, the billboards, the, you know, the Levi's or the Gap mm -hmm. or whatever that was going to be, you know, they're mm -hmm. trying to move into China. And then, of course, the TV shows that were popular, Friends, mm -hmm. for, you know. And, and so that was like the first time where I really understood that a, a big export of the United States in somebody who was in the military, you probably mm -hmm. know, too, mm -hmm. is how we're perceived. Yes. And then that, and then when you come back to when mm -hmm. you go over there, you're like, wait, that's not America. When you come back to America, yeah. it's like, oh, I see what's happening. Mm hmm. Yeah, a lot of our media culture. I mean, when I grew up, okay, and and we're close to the same age. Uh, there was the Brady Bunch. Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, there were all these shows that 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 as you grew up in the in the beginning were very uh, Caucasian oriented, uh, and then later on, of course, they came out with other things like Good Times, and you know, and, and you know, and, and other things that were you know that may have been black culture. Then later on, they came out with things that were Latino and others, but but most of it is predominantly white. Right. Um, the only black people, black show that was very popular that I knew of when what? I when, when I would talk to people that were from out of this country was the Cosby show. I was going to say Cosby. <laughs> Cosby killed it. Yeah. I mean, he, he got a little so, a little bad in, in you know, the later years, mm -hmm. but uh, and some bad things popped up, yeah. but he, he did a lot for, you know, yeah. um, representation and African-American just shows and, you know, that mm -hmm. in different strokes. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was not different strokes. Different world. Different world. Different world. And, um, and there was there's different strokes as yeah. well. But Fat Albert. Oh, and Fat Albert. Fat yeah, that's Albert right. That's right. <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah. I want to go into like some of the since we're talking about the African American Gun Association mm -hmm. yes. and the idea of um, you know the new trends in gun violence, the new mm -hmm. trends in um, firearm laws here in, in Ohio. Mm -hmm. I want to I want to touch on some of those, and I want to hear your perspective of how you think of. How not just you personally? I know you're not representing the the gun association mm -hmm. right now, but how how do you think of these laws? For example, you said everybody has a right to defend themselves. Mm -hmm. What do you think of stand your ground in this current form? I think there can be changes, but I think that on the on the generalized basis of what stand your ground really is supposed to mean, it is correct. However, it's how it is not only perceived, but it's also how uh, it, people may use it. 
to get out of certain things. Right. Um, you know, obviously it became a big thing with the uh, shooting uh, of the young man. Uh, and I can't think of his name. Ahmaud Arbery? Uh, no, 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 no. That was the gentleman where he were, where he, where, where he jumped out of his car because the kid was out, was, was out, was out in the neighborhood and decided to confront him. That was, and then was, you stand. You were, was that him? That was Ahmaud Arbery, yeah. Was that, was that right? Yeah. I didn't think that was the was the, the three, three guys in the pickup truck, corner mob. No, 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 no. This was a young, this was a young man. That was in the house? No, 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 no. And they saw him in the neighborhood? He, he was standing outside the house. Are we talking about the here in Cleveland or no? No, 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 no. This has been in Florida, I believe. He was uh, he was standing outside of and yeah because it was Florida because Florida had this was had one of the most prevalent stand your gun uh, or stand your gun <laughs> stand your ground laws okay uh, and basically the gentleman ended up shooting the young man after after getting into an altercation with him okay uh, even though he had called the police and the police told him stay in your car. We'll come out and check the guy out. Okay. And he was supposedly doing his neighborhood watch. And basically because he ended up in a fight that he shouldn't have been in with that young man, he then ended up pulling his gun and shooting that, shooting and killing that young man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where a lot of this came from. And it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. So I was just talking to uh, Mom's Demand, and Mom's Demand um, doesn't like this current standing stand your ground law because you do not have any responsibility to retreat it you can if you feel there's an aggression you can stand your ground and take mm-hmm. action you don't have to there is no I, I i have any obligation to turn around and try to turn mm-hmm. the other cheek and walk away first do you believe that you shouldn't ha- have to turn turn the turn the other cheek or mm-hmm. if, if somebody's coming at you it's like i don't hey. believe you should have to turn the other cheek i believe that you should be able to to stand your ground, yes, I do. Right. I don't believe that you should have to per se, and I don't. Let I me. Mean, I'd say not turn the other cheek because that because because most of my life I've lived like that. But right. but on the other hand, is that you don't have to run away. Right. If I'm walking down the sidewalk, and you jump in front of me and say you're not gonna walk down the sidewalk, mm-hmm. I should not have to run away. Right. In order to justify anything else that happened after that point right okay um now if i'm just stupid and i go to a whole different level right then you know going through the going through the procedure or simply calling police or what have you you know then that's that's a different story but no no not as a not 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 as a citizen not as a uh a person who who should have rights to and dignity in the area yeah and dignity but dignity is dignity is is there are levels of, of, of how, how you allow your dignity where it becomes pride and ego, and, right, ego right, right. and you have to be careful with that. That's when I teach my students. I say, look, don't let your pride, don't let your ego get, get to you. <clears throat> don't let the, I'm a man, I should be a, no, no, no. So then what's, what is the difference? And that, mm-hmm. I think that's a lot what the conversation's about. It's mm-hmm. like if somebody just checked their pride or their ego or, their, or whatever and just said, all right, fine. You, you, you get it, I, mm-hmm. and I just walk away. Mm-hmm. You've solved a mm-hmm. violent altercation that could lead mm-hmm. to gun violence, that could lead to somebody's death. Mm-hmm. And in this situation, mm-hmm. if there's two people on the street and no other witnesses, mm-hmm. and one is accidentally or purposely killed, mm-hmm. you now have only one witness to mm-hmm. create that narrative. And in most cases, most, mo- most altercations are one witness. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so, you know. Uh, it it just is what it is. Um, you know, I look at it like this. You shouldn't have to run away for 
in your own neighborhood. Mm-hmm. No one should. It's a perfect example. Okay. Back in the day, back in probably the 2000s, when I came back and I was living in my neighborhood uh, down Sweetbirch, we had this problem of kids decided they were going to walk down the street and block the roads and do whatever they want to do. They were throwing rocks at houses and doing whatever they want to do and and messing with the elderly and so on. As as who I was, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I live here. Right. You ain't going to control these streets. Right. Now, granted, I did, of course, go and talk to the mayor. I went and talked to the police chief. And, you know, you know, we kind of worked things out to make this happen. But I'm not going to back down. This is mm-hmm. my house. Mm-hmm. I pay taxes for these. I pay taxes for these sidewalks, for these streets. I live, I live, live, live a, a legal life. And I, you know, and I don't, I should not have to. Uh, bow down to you trying to control the neighborhood. That's not going to work. Right. And in some cases, that happens. Now, and then, and then that's and, and that's just one scenario. Right. Where staying your ground is, you know, in some ways, what we call justified. Uh, but you know, and in other ways, it's not justified. And, right. and in other ways, people think that staying your ground means something completely different. Right. That means that I have the right to pull my gun and use it as a fight tool. Right. Uh, just because you, know, you gave me a little shit or something. You, yeah, right? yeah, that's that's not <laughs> right. That's right. not the reality. Well, oh, one thing I w- I've been thinking about a lot actually mm-hmm. is is community. And I, growing up, again, mm-hmm. we're we're around the same age. I so I think our parents and our grandparents are probably around the same age as well. Mm-hmm. Is it was about community. And if you saw mm-hmm. something in your community, you were supposed to be that person that came out and helped in one mm-hmm. way or other. Either, and and I think that it seems as though that the idea of citizens going out to help protect and advocate for the communities is sort of being kind of demonized lately because like why are you going out to look for trouble like if (laughs) if it was me in like a a store or a Mm -hmm. neighbor or whatever was in trouble Mm -hmm. i would be there to help and Mm -hmm. if it was in a protection way then Mm -hmm. yes i would Mm -hmm. i'm not looking for trouble i'm looking to protect my community do you think that am i right with that kind of idea or perspective that that narrative has been been being shaped that helping your community in a way of protection Mm -hmm. Uh, or to advocate for a community that you want to live in is looking for trouble and trying to tear down that community thread that we have? I think that I think that we've gotten to a point in some ways in some communities where it's now adversarial rather than working together. Mm. And I think and, and I think some ways, you know, it, it can be on both sides. There, 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 there's some blame, but. You know, I you know it it always irritates me when I see public servants um, not understanding that they're there to work with the community, mm. that they have a job because of these people, that they want services or they want to be protected or what have you. That's why you're there, <laughs> and so you know, I, of course, I'm a public servant in multiple ways, uh, but <laughs> but. You know, that's what, you know, that's what I think it's supposed to be. And I think that can be an issue where you have that. For me, if you're going to protect your neighborhood, then yeah, you should be able to. It's just like you see this, um, the, the, and, and, and obviously I haven't been really exposed to it, uh, but this, you know, this new thing of dads going to schools mm. and being in the schools in order to show a support system, have men in, in the schools in a positive way mm-hmm. where though where they've shown that fights have gone down mm-hmm. uh people's confidence have gone up 
Mm-hmm. Uh, kids may come to school more mm-hmm. because of that influence, because those dads take off their or use their off days to come to school okay. um, and be there in the schools. And so that is, you know, and in that same way, it's the same as somebody doing, uh, you know, the public service of, of, you know, I remember it used to be guardian angels back in the day. If right, you right, right, right. Back in the day, they used to walk around the streets and try to protect the neighborhood. But in that same vein, that's the same, that, that's the same thing is, is, is the community coming together and trying to make a difference. So I, I, I also feel that that is community coming together to try to make a difference. Some people call that being vigilantes and it's not their job. No, I don't think that's the case. I think that I think that vigilantes, when you're talking in the fa- in, the, in the shape of okay, we're going to go and we're going to play uh, not only not only cop but judge, judge and executioner. Exactly. Okay. Um, that's when you start to become a vigilante. Okay? Gotcha. Um, if you're trying to protect your own neighborhood, perfect example. Okay, I give you actually a good example of that. We were I was out with my son. We were we, we were playing up and down the street. He was riding his bike and what have you. And I noticed that across the street, there was a guy banging on a door. And I noticed he's got a hammer and a chisel. Mm-hmm. He's trying to chisel at this guy's door lock. And I'm looking, I'm like, this guy is not right. the neighbor. <laughs> yeah, and it don't right. seem right. You don't own this place. It's <laughs> obvious. <laughs> right. So so I said, okay. So I sent my, I told my wife, take Take you know, take my son in, in and uh, I called my neighbor who's next door to him, and mm-hmm. I said, "Hey, I want to need you to meet me over here <laughs> because there's somebody at our neighbor's door banging on the door. I'm going to ask him a question, but I would like for a little backup, you know, a little right. backup here. So we go over across the street, and, uh, and well, I go over across the street. He goes next door, <laughs> and uh, I said, "What are you doing here? Oh, I'm I'm here working for the bank. Um, they're 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 taking this out." I said, "Well, I've never heard of that." Right. I said, so I don't think you're at the right house. Uh, I said, I said, so I think probably you should pack up and go if you don't have any paperwork or documentation to show that. Well, I, I don't have anything. I said, I said, I said, well, that's fine. I said, I can call the police and they can come on down and they'll have and they'll they'll ask for it, too. Right. You know. Right. Uh, so he packed up his stuff and left. Right. <laughs> OK. Uh, and police officer comes later on he says he says to he said he said y'all should have did that that's uh that's for us to do and i said well i said well i said well, yeah i don't agree with that i don't agree with that i said that's yeah. my neighbor that's a person i grew up with for 30 years yeah i don't agree with that at one bit it's like well what are you supposed to i think and that's I, taking the responsibility from your neighbors in the community and and to protect your community it's like what, what am i supposed to do just go oh it looks like somebody's getting their house broken into i'm gonna continue to watch tv until somebody else steals <laughs> That, that's ridiculous. I said, that's not a neighbor did. That, that, no, that's it's not. That. No. no, that's messed up. And if I came home and knew that you did that. Yeah, I'd be a little bit. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd be like, bro, what are you talking about? 30 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, let's, yeah. let's talk about some of these other laws. because Yeah, sure. No, this, this is, this is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and again, the reason why I want to talk to mm-hmm. you about this is, mm-hmm. one, um, we don't really associate um, – mm-hmm. African Americans, gun ownership, hunting, and so on and so forth, as we spoke about, mm-hmm. sadly. Um, yeah. Also, uh, that we're all Democrats, mm-hmm. and Democrats have lots of different points of views mm-hmm. about these things. And the Democrat narrative always is Democrats want to take your guns. Mm-hmm. And wait, there's a. I don't believe that, but you don't believe that. You, <laughs> no, I don't believe that. It, it not not you, not in that place. No. <laughs> I, I do, what, do I believe that there are some Democrats that that want to get rid of guns? Of okay, so I then do. let's talk about but the assault rifle ban. <laughs> what do you think about the assault rifle ban? Um, the idea of that. 
I, <laughs> that's a it's a loaded question because well, well, it, has, it, it has facets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the assault rifle band in itself. Um, let's put it this way: I do do I own do I own what they call assault rifles? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is it my is it my favorite gun? No. Um, is it my wife's? Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but on the other hand, it's, you know. So basically what you said is you'd rather pick a fight with you than your wife. Yeah, That's what you just yeah, said. Yeah, All right, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. You want, yeah, yeah. You, you, <laughs> yeah, trust me. You better run zigzag. No. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> She's gonna hear it as if she's gonna be in trouble. She's gonna be in trouble. I just tell you. She's like, what? I just, Why are you painting me like that? I'm not that kind of person. Yep. Um, I'll, I'll all of this. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> but oh, she, you know, I'm the one that's like got like the you know background as a bouncer, and I'm like, mm, no, she's the tough one. You don't don't be afraid. That's hilarious. Uh, but no, um, it's but I laugh about it only. But 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 it's but the truth is is that for me, I believe that. Everything was an assault rifle at some point. When we call assault rifle, we're really saying military-style rifle. Okay, that's yeah. all we're really saying. Right. Um, all of these things were military-style rifles, or based off of those rifles. The rifles that we use for hunting were military-style rifles. That's why people bought them mm-hmm. because they were, in most cases, they were former military, or they liked the idea of having a military rifle, and they bought them. Uh, and if they couldn't buy the old rifles that they were get, that the government was getting rid of, and they still do, they still get rid of surplus, um, at least the bolt action stuff in and, and the, and the 1911s, um, people wanted something like that. And so manufacturers manufactured them. Mm-hmm. And they were better, better, better guns because I could carry it through the woods. It could get dirty. It could still fire. Uh, those were that was the reason reason for it. The idea, but the truth is, is when we call and when we call them assault weapons in, in general, I don't always like the term because it's true. While it's a military style, it is not a military firearm. Mm-hmm. First of all, it is not it, it it's is not, not automatic. automatic. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, it doesn't even have a three round burst. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so it only fires a semi automatic. We've had semi automatic firearms <laughs> since the. Heck, way before way before me since the right. 50s and the 60s right. and they were very prevalent growing up people had them right um you know the sks and other things were out there uh when i was growing up but and they're the same they're based on, based on the same firearm principle right um so you know yeah there are people that have the, the bump stuff i forgot about that one yes <laughs> does it shoot the 7.62s as well yeah oh, okay yeah well that's not well yeah that one was it just 7.62 or was that the uh, the other one? No, it might have been seven seven six two. Anyway, but anyway, sorry. I'm, you know, no, I've, <laughs> see, I forget all this stuff. You know, I used to own a gun store. This is, this oh, is, see, you didn't even tell us about that. I, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. That's what a lot of people. A lot, a lot of people know don't know that part because I talk. I teach firearms, and they know that that I that I used to own a gun store, and I still do. I still teach firearms firearms because that's a that is not only a, a a a little side job, and it's really, and I guess people can say that, but I really don't make a whole lot of money on. It. For me, it's it's for people to be to protect themselves. Right. But anyway, going back to that, <laughs> going back to that to that topic, uh, I don't think 
that that necessarily is the the right because they got the big black rifle that that means anything the truth is is that the if you look at the actual numbers the actual numbers of deaths due to people shooting people on the street are done done with handguns they're not done with assault weapons um you hear more about that one or two because the truth is it's one or two in thousands Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay it is a rarity when you really look at the numbers, it is not a daily activity, and no matter what they like to say, we're having a lot of it ma- feels like you hear it. We're having a lot of mass shootings, though, and those shootings are being done with uh, these assault style weapons. There are a number of them, but there right. are no, nowhere near the amount of deaths that occur with a handgun, <laughs> and people do it every day. I used to work, I used to work in the, in the projects. We used to have we used to have shootings every every other week. Those were not with assault weapons. Mm-hmm. Those were not with automatic weapons. Those were not with Uzis. And I guarantee you, those gang members had them. Right. But that was not what was being used. So what about what about like something like a bump stock? That's a big conversation everybody's talking about. It's like you didn't you said hey they don't do the three round burst. It's not automatic. But what about something like a bump stock? And that's a conversation. On we're the, yeah. On the I'll be honest with you. When I came into that whole thing, and I was, and I, of course, I was much more bigger, I think, and more in the Second Amendment, you know, era, and I was speaking at different Second Amendment events and things. I still didn't agree, and I still don't. I still don't agree that they're, they're necessary. They're a cute idea for for one time fun fun thing to be able to shoot something automatic and try it out, but there's no practicality to it. Right. Um, so you think they should be banned, or I don't. I I'll be honest. I don't care. Okay. If you ban okay. them, they it wouldn't it wouldn't make a, a difference in my world, and I don't think. And to be honest, and I and I absolutely for the most part, honest, anybody's world. I don't think it make a difference in anybody's world because you're not getting very accurate <laughs> shooting. With you the don't bump get stock. any accurate shooting at all. all right. um, you would have to be very well practiced. I you know, and I'm a very well practiced shooter, mm-hmm. and automatic fire is very hard to control especially where the in the way of the bump stock works right it's very hard to control can you explain how the bump stock works because we uh, hear it but i don't think anybody it, knows because because it reacts on the gun's movement right that it allows for it to just fire that way so if the gun is moving then that tells you that the <laughs> barrel is moving everywhere and every back and forth okay so there's no accuracy in it it's 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 like I said, it's a fun thing. It's a cute thing. OK, for, you know, ooh, look, I, I've sprayed, you know, forty dollars, <laughs> you know, it is because it's not cheap, you know. And I, so I so I always think I'm, I'm like some some. And that's why I say I'm like I tell people, I say, look, I said, yeah, I'm a Second Amendment supporter, but some things will, you know. Are not worth supporting. I mean, <laughs> let me let me let me ask you about this because here's something that you you said yeah. you said that everything used to be a military style weapon. Yes. When when does it come to a point where a military style weapon evolves into something that maybe the populace shouldn't have? If you say that we're not there yet, does it get to that point? Because firearms are becoming more and more advanced. Innovations are happening mm-hmm. uh, more, and, and they can you, we can see that mm-hmm. this is not a, a musket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However. I can tell you right now, and any person who is currently in the military and is truthfully a firearms expert or somebody who, who and I'm not saying, I'm not saying they just shoot. They actually deal with firearms mm-hmm. on, a, on a daily basis, and that's what they deal with in the military. They can tell you these firearms that are out on the street are absolutely nothing like what we had in the military or what we still do. You can't get 
an automatic weapon that was made before the 80s or made after the 80s. It's not legal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when people, when you hear about people saying, oh, they're selling military. No, if they're selling military, if current military weapons, they were stolen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. um, the only people that can even, that can even possess them are, are in most cases are uh, military and police uh, organizations and even the police, they have to uh, when they stop using them, they have to give them back. Right, but that goes back. It still goes back to my original question: mm-hmm. is, is there evolution of firearms that you go, "Oh, that might be the line"? You said we they don't have we don't have as a public anything mm-hmm. produced after the '80s. Mm-hmm. But what if we get exposure to that? Is that too far, or do we have to wait till the next innovation of firearms to say, "Oh, that's too far"? I don't think I I think that I think that it all depends on what you're considering to be an innovation. <clears throat> And what and what is too dangerous for somebody to have? And I think that I think that over time we have, if we don't, and I'll be honest, I think that I think in many ways the the manufacturers have made it to a point where it's not able to be owned by everybody. Perfect example is Barrett. Okay, um, Barrett is a very expensive firearm. Okay, um, you're talking about something that can shoot a mile away, uh, has a 50 caliber round. Um, you know, and those rounds are very, 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 very expensive. Okay, um, it's it's to an expense level that most people can't own it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's not practical to right. own it. So in most cases, you're very rarely going to have that. So unless you got, and I'm and I'm not saying there can't be some rich killer out there, but I'm just saying it's probably not. Now, what we're talking about? What, what are we talking about for expense? Uh, we're talking about in tens of thousands of dollars for, for the gun. Things. Yeah. And then how, about, how, how much is a 50 cal round? 50 cal rounds at the time that I stopped dealing with them, each round was about 20 bucks. About 20 more. bucks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you ain't just going to go casually start. You're not going to gonna casually <laughs> just go start shooting this stuff, okay? Because the guys that I see that come out to, the, the few guys that I know that come out to the shooting range, because I go out to the state range, um, which is probably about. 15 miles away. Um, and so I go there and I shoot. And you, every once in a while you have somebody that brings out, you know, a beard or something like that. Is that when everybody comes, comes up and goes, what are you shooting? Yeah, and everybody's got to go and see it. You know, everybody's <laughs> got to go see it because they're like, oh. Now, and then, and then, then, you know, then you get guys like me, but, you know, with some of our other, some of my other friends, uh, and we're going, we're going, yeah, let's go see him spend all that money. <laughs> oh, that's a hundred dollars right there. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, you know, and I just I, that's it's, hilarious. It, you know, and that's and, and that's and that's kind of where I look at it. The other side is 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 that they're not manufactured at a high level, <clears throat> right? Um, so there's not that many out there anyway. Um, granted, there and then you know, granted there is other things like thefts from military bases that does happen. Um, I think the last recent one I heard of was two years ago, and I'm sure there's others, but but that was the last recent one that I, that I heard about. What, what, what are your last, last one I want to touch on, because I think this, actually, I'm going to touch on all three of them at the same time, <laughs> uh, because I think they're kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Um, permitless carry. What was it? Permitless carry. Okay. Open carry. Okay. And teachers with guns. Okay. Those are, those are two big topics, uh, three big topics. Well, two big topics, a half a topic. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's about two and a half. I agree. Um, okay, so I don't believe in permitless carry. Okay. Um, more about the idea because I am an instructor. Right. 
and I have literally taught thousands of students. Now, is that because you think that, that um, because again, we were talking about riding motorcycles. Mm-hmm. We both took the basic riding course. Correct. If we want to be instructors, we have mm-hmm. to take a 90-hour course mm-hmm. to instruct people. Is that yes. because you think that uh, skills and these classes from experts, mm-hmm. you know, just make for more responsible gun owners, or is this taking your business, or both? <laughs> I don't really care about. I told you, I don't care about the business per se. Oh, okay. The business okay. part. Because I was going to say there is a conflict yeah. of interest saying that you don't need courses anymore, and then you yeah. have saying like, oh, I teach yeah. courses, and like, yeah. uh, now, you just you just screwed business, my business. I, and I'll be honest, the business part is 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 not is negligible for me. I almost never do it unless somebody specifically asks me. And the only reason why I charge them anything is so that they is so that they know that it that, that it's something worthwhile mm-hmm. to do. Um, and if they give me some money ahead of time, they say, well, I guess I got to do the course. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, or he gets to keep that $50 that he get out of the But I look at it like this. It is a, it's an issue because I've taught these thousands of students and over the years I've seen, and I've started, I taught people who had a lot of gun experience, whether ex-military, whether they're police officers, uh, security personnel, and so on. Uh, however, I've also taught grandmas, I've taught children, I've taught, you know, all kinds of folks to shoot firearms. Uh, you need a lot of time to understand right. how to shoot, right. let alone how to carry it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just don't put a gun in the back of your pocket, in your back pocket and go around carrying it around. Right. Okay. It's just... <laughs> Any responsible gun owner or anybody who knows who's trained to do this understands this isn't this doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. And as a as a as, as a trainer, when even when we changed the law, because uh, it used to be 12 hours requirement for training for the CCW. Right. OK. Uh, that was changed to eight. You know how many of us trainers <clears throat> were up in the uproar about this right that i that, that i didn't have a t- i didn't have a chance to go because i was working but 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 trainers that were close to me went down to columbus to so, testify so on you're this. you're saying <laughs> that requiring you so you're, you're saying requiring carry um classes to mm-hmm. carry mm-hmm. is not an infringement of the second amendment i don't believe it is I don't really believe it is not. And, and, Do you think and, requiring? And, and while and while and while it could be that somebody could say, "Yeah, it's, it's, it is," but here's the thing, and I have to watch where that had to watch where this goes. But it's but it's true. We changed. Mm-hmm. Okay, society changes over a period of time. I was going to say that same thing. Yep. And 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 it's and and I'm not saying this because it's a. I want to infringe your right. I believe you do have a right, but I also believe that you should be able to show that you can safely control what is a dangerous weapon. Do you think that you need classes for ownership as well? I and is, and no, just but, to purchase. But I believe in order to carry it around, with the idea that you're going to carry it around town and and use it in in the case of defense where stress levels are high, right. Um, in most cases, most most gunfights start between the distance between me and you, which mm. may be less than six feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a very difficult thing for somebody to do, even somebody trained to do it. Right. So, no, I, I, I believe that it, you have to have some form of training if you want to carry it. I don't necessarily believe it to own it, uh, 
because maybe you want to shoot into your backyard and you want to try to learn how to do that. It's the same way to, to, to that point of, of, of motorcycle, of a motorcycle license. When you get that motorcycle license, it's a temporary license, right? You first get your temporary <laughs> license. You can have it up to a year. You can learn how to drive. Right. It's a dangerous vehicle, but they also have restrictions. Not driving at night, not carrying two people on it, not uh, you know, you know, not being on heavily congested uh, roadways. Must wear a helmet. Must wear a helmet. Yep. These types of things. So those are the restrictions put upon you until you have now proven that you can control this vehicle right. and do the minimum basic safety. Right. And then you, then you can get your Well, I, I, tell, I tell everybody, and I use that example all the time, is because I rode motorcycles in Asia for a long time. Mm -hmm. And doing this course 100% mm -hmm. made me a better rider. Mm -hmm. It 100% made me a better rider, even though I thought I knew what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know that if I take more courses, mm -hmm. I'm going to just become a better and better writer. And just right. like, I don't even know what it is that they're going to teach me, but yeah. I will become better. Yeah. And even with experience in writing and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Teachers with guns in classes, that mm -hmm. stops school shootings, right? No. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, I didn't thought you were going to get me with that one. Huh? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, not necessarily. Um, do I believe that, it, that, that there is a possibility to have a trained... Um, teacher or two that can have a firearm and have the possibility to prevent or at least um, tone down what the violence that could continue within a school. Yes, I believe that's possible. Of course it is. Of course I do. Because I know people who actually were in the first classes for teachers with guns in, in the class, and that started here in the Southern Ohio. Mm -hmm. Okay, So that was the, even before it was legal mm -hmm. Okay, in, in some states and others. Okay. Uh, but, and I know the people that went to these classes, and they dedicated their entire summer to going through these courses. And I'm mm -hmm. not talking about, oh, I, I put in 10 hours. No, I'm talking about hundreds of hours. So, so more than most police officers. So, the current law is 24 hours, then a teacher can have mm -hmm. a gun in the classroom. You think that it should be hundreds? I believe it should be. I believe that at that point, you have taken it upon yourself to be a defense of my children, mm -hmm. okay? Not just a willy-nilly gun carrier in the, in the school. <laughs> yeah, you're not, just a, you're not just there to protect yourself or what have you, you know, those type of things. No, you have taken a part of security, mm -hmm. you know? And I want the best trained possible security that you could possibly be. Mm -hmm. I don't want 24 hours, I want hundreds of hours. I want, I want at least you to dedicate at least two weeks out of every summer Mm -hmm. to train mm -hmm. because the truth is, 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 it's, it's not an easy thing. And I don't believe that everybody should be able to do it. Right. I believe it should be, if, 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 it, if, if you do do it, it should be the same way as we rate and you know, a better way than we rate police officers. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you have, I might have to unpack that one. I don't know if we have, uh, we've went way over time, but. Um, but I believe that it should be, you know, there should be a good selection process, an understanding of your mental capabilities and dealing with stress mm -hmm. um, and being able to know when it's time and when it's not time. And knowing that there may, it may be more smarter for you to simply lock the door and not go and engage 
Uh, it's the same way as, as I tell my students. And I'll give you just a quick example of my students. This is what I tell my students. When I teach you how to use a firearm and I teach you how to conceal carry, and you go out here and you carry this firearm, to me, this is to me, your responsibility is to walk away from every single fight you can possibly walk, walk away from mm -hmm. because you're carrying. Right. A responsibility. Um, and you're carrying a responsibility for not just yourself, but those around you. And, you know, you can't fire a bullet and take it back. Right, right, <laughs> okay. right. So, and it's the same way that I would say for any teacher. I'm not saying, and, and like I said, it, it, it would not be every teacher. It would not just be everybody that wants to do it, um, that just barely passed the course. Right. Um, it has to be. Very well trained. Last question, because I want your, your opinion on this one. Is there a difference between open carry and concealed carry? And does one require more training than the other? Unfortunately, there is no requirement for open carry at the time. There was not. There was never was right. at the time. Um, open carry, the differences, in, the differences for that was... Um, when you open carried, you could not you could not do the same things you could do with concealed carry, like keep it in your car, with it being able to be reached, mm -hmm. things of that nature. Um, open carry, in a way, has uh, has its down its down points because if you're carrying openly, uh, people everybody knows you got it. Right. Okay. Um, that's not a very good you know tactical <laughs> uh scenario right, there right. um you know um and so that can be you know you know that can work it can be a two-edged sword it can be well somebody knows i got it and so now there may, may be a little less to jump on me but then somebody knows they got it so now they just sneak up behind me and hit me yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh so so those are so so that can be a double-edged sword um both required training that's what i'm hearing I believe that they both have their own uses. Right. I believe that open carry, however, um, goes, some people take it to a different level. Um, so example, so most people when they hear about open carry, most people hear about it because they've heard about uh, some of your people that go out and um, and they'll and they'll they'll brandish a uh, you know AR-15 or, or something of that and just walk down the streets of Akron. Mm -hmm. and that was one of the things that, that that was very common at one point, and they heard about it a couple years back. And everybody was calling the police. Oh, this guy's carrying this AR-15. They stop him and they say, "Well, I'm just open carrying it." Right. You know, <laughs> and you know, at a certain level. While a organized uh, awareness campaign where people are caring openly, so let's say let's say I get a group of folks, and I we used to and when I used to work with a lot of groups, I used to preach this, have organized you know whether you call them protests or whether they're just organized campaigns where people know about know about open carry or know about concealed carry any of this, have them. These were great times when people could ask you. Hey, what about this? Why are you carrying the gun? That's not a time to argue. It's a time to educate, right? And talk with people and get their and get perspectives and try to come to a to to a, to a good ground. Because mm -hmm. my thing is like this: firearms on it, firearms in itself in itself is not a is not a is not a Democrat or a Republican issue. Um, it's an issue of how people handle them and how they. 
approach uh, violence in the use of things, mm. whether it be a knife or whether it be a pad or whatever it is, um, that's where the issue lies. And controlling something, yeah, you have to control some things. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, it, it, just in general. We control everything else. Okay, if you drive a, drive a car, you, yeah, you got to have right, something. Right. Now, some things I'm not big on, on, on the idea. Some people say, well, let's try to put insurance on, on them. But that's just a way to try to keep people from being able to have it. Mm-hmm. And as we know, insurance companies are there to make money. They're not there to, to treat your gun rights mm-hmm. correctly, okay? And when, they, when, when, when you get insurance, insurance is not about, well, $20 to cover it and you'll be good to go. That's not how it works. They look at your credit report. So those who are poor or those who come from a different background where maybe the credit was not where, not where it should have been, um, they're going to have a problem mm-hmm. because they're going to have higher insurance rates. Uh, so, you're, so you have to be careful of what laws you create. And then if you do create them, know that there's limits that have to be placed. There. Right, right. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's generally when I when I talk to my friends that are politicians, you know, and you know, I say I say I say let's just at least look at what we're looking at when we when we talk about uh, these types of things, what type of fees, what you know, these type of things right. that we're not removing the right of Miss Mabel that lives down here. Uh, in Cleveland. Right. So we're talking about the downstream effects of any policy that you put in there and how it's going to have the ripple effects throughout the community. Last thing I want to ask you, if anybody's looking to see if they wanted to have uh, gun trainings or some classes, how do they find you? (laughs) Uh, They can can still contact me. Um, They can contact me at kevincjones at att.net. Um, that's just the easiest way. All right. Uh, Kevin C. Jones at att.net. Thank you very much for coming on and talking about this with us. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party's podcast, Cuyahoga Today. Tune in next week for our latest show and find out all of the latest information that's happening right here in your community. Show your support by going to www.cuydem.com and make a contribution. Do you have any questions about the show? Is there a topic you want us to cover? Or is there someone you want us to interview? If so, you can reach out to me at M-D-I-E-M-E-R at C-U-Y-D-E-M dot com. That's M-D-E-M-E-R at com. Thank you again for joining our podcast. Until next week.